Welcome to Prostate Cancer and You, a podcast produced by the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition and the mission to educate, connect, and support men at risk, newly diagnosed individuals, survivors, and their families. It also connects organizations and professionals in Massachusetts seeking to conquer and cure prostate cancer. Hello, I'm Jordan Rich, and thank you for joining us for this special podcast series made possible in part by Blue Earth Diagnostics, taking on the challenge to reduce health disparities in African-American men with regard to prostate cancer diagnosis, treatment, shared decision-making, and survival. Two key guests joining us today. First, Dr. Jacques Carter from the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and a member of the American Board of Internal Medicine. I asked Dr. Carter about the seriousness of the problem for men of color. We have to sort of raise the health consciousness of black men that they should get checked out, get examinations, uh, not just prostate, but everything, blood pressure, diabetes, and on. Uh, but the other piece is that they keep getting mixed messages. Um, you know, sort of like somebody reports that you did something, but you didn't really do it, and it's across the headlines. And then a week later, they say, oh, no, he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody sees that little retraction at the bottom. So I think that we're still behind that cloud from the old Preventative Services Task Force saying uh, you should not uh, screen people, and the new information saying, well, if you're at high risk, there ought to be a discussion about being screened. We still hear people saying, well, uh, even on like the ABC News editor now, Tim Vesser, you know, says, oh, you shouldn't get prostate cancer screening, which is the biggest lie. I mean, it's just not right. It's, it's, it's misinformation in, in my eyes. So I think that we need to raise the consciousness of men that they should be checked out, and at the same time, um, you know, sort of get the word out uh, to, uh, that, that, that the old task force recommendations are old and that they've been updated and we ought to be looking at some new information about who should be screened. Yeah, that's a major undertaking of the American Cancer Society and uh, the MPCC, of course, educating people. But uh, how do you do that? I mean, you do it in your office, in your practice, obviously, one-to-one, -one, but what would you recommend we do on a grand scale? Yeah, I agree that, that it's different when you're sort of doing the medicine piece and it's one-on-one, -on -one, and we need to look at a population-based approach where you're trying to get the word out. And the way to do that is to go through the medical societies, uh, make it very important to the health insurers that it's important that these guys be screened because if you don't, they're going to cost you a lot of money going through treatment, you know, five or ten years later. I think if the health insurers put it on their charts that it should be checked, this box should be checked to every man over X age, that more places would do it, especially if dollars are tied to it. If they tie dollars to payment to the um, providers, especially big hospitals and clinics, they would put that in there, they'd do a lot more screening. I think we have to have the insurers involved um, to, to get out front on that. Also, what about the women in the lives of these men? Uh, I've had a chance to meet some dynamic leaders, uh, filmmakers and others, females who are doing an amazing job trying to get the word out. What advice do you have to the ladies out there? Well, well you know, part of my approach and my approach and in, in, in many of the, my endeavors to spread the word has involved women, I mean, because they can actually take the word back home and encourage their guys to come out and get checked out. So I look at them as part of the solution and not part of the problem. And I think that uh, we need to approach women's groups about taking information back to their guys and uh, and also do the, the, the important bit of, of, of working with the health insurers and the major teaching hospitals to get the word out so that training doctors know that it's important to do. At many hospitals, the residents don't even want to screen because they think that it's 
verboten to screen anybody. It shouldn't be done because of the old task force recommendations. Nobody talks about the new one. It's really weird and interesting. It's really interesting how messaging can be so important and for maybe years on end, uh, and then to reverse that or change it or update it, that's the challenge. It's not the original message. It's trying to tweak it. It's a big challenge. It's a big challenge primarily because so much was made of the original task force recommendations. So much was made of this. Oh, you don't have to screen anymore. I mean, it was on every network. The, 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 the evening anchors talked about it and had big articles on it. And people were coming out saying, I shouldn't have had this surgery done. I had a little bit of a cancer. It shouldn't have been done. All those folks were right that, in fact, many people in the past did need to be treated, got treated. We know better than that now. But for the high-risk men, especially black guys who are going to have more aggressive disease, early disease, and die at a high rate, we got to take a different approach to them. We definitely have to remember that early detection, early detection, early detection works. Saves lives every time. So we, right. that's what we have to do, early detection. Guys get checked. And what would you like to see this fine organization that we represent here, you and I, the Mass Prostate Cancer Coalition, if they have the means, what would you like to see them and us do? Well, you know, I'd like to see uh, MPCC spread themselves a little further from, from, from sort of being a state agency, look at the region, start to spread out a little bit, maybe try to get satellite organizations in the, in the region so we are a northeast group and, and, and have a bigger footprint because we have the best speakers every year at our conferences, we have all the right information, we have the resources to do it, and I think we need to spread the word. That's what I think we need to do. Next, a conversation with Mark Kennedy, the Senior Program Manager of the Chronic Disease Prevention and Control Division at the Boston Public Health Commission. He oversees the development and implementation of the city's cancer early detection work plan. How aware are men of color that this is a serious problem? I'm not sure they are. I'm not sure that they are aware that they should be. I also think that a number of people that are very much aware that they should be aren't necessarily taking it um, as seriously as they should. And by that I mean um, a lot of my colleagues in the medical community that are involved in screening and things of that nature. Uh, there's been a sort of consistent and pervasive um, you know, effort to avoid screening because a lot of doctors don't want to do it and a lot of men don't want to do it. And I think both parties sort of realize a self-fulfilling prophecy that, okay, doctor doesn't want me to do it, I'm okay with that. Right. And the doctors don't want to do it anyway. And at the end of the day, I think that we really need to, to refocus and double down uh, because this is still uh, the second leading cause of, of cancer mortality for men in America. I know your role in public health is, uh, is keying in on crises on a regular basis. COVID was the big one. And exactly. when that happened, as we all know, screening went right back down to very low levels right. of... For, for all cancers. For all cancers. Okay. Sort of a case of trying to rev up interest again so that men will get the, the picture. I mean, when you don't do something for a while, you get used to not doing it. And when you didn't want to do it anyway, yes. you, 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 you enjoy getting uh, right. into a comfort zone and not, not uh, being used to doing it. But uh, you're right. I um, led, I designed and led an effort by the, uh, the city of Boston to try to get men to come back in, not only for cancer screening overall, but in particular for prostate cancer screening. You're absolutely right. The numbers are way down. Um, we're beginning to realize the, the net decrease in terms of the quantity of screening. And I think shortly we're going to begin to realize the net impact on it in terms of incidence and mortality, particularly at late stage. It's always coming down to messaging and having that clear message 
much like the breast cancer awareness messaging, which is so effective, isn't it time for this group to get the attention that other groups have gotten because it's so serious an issue? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not completely sure why that hasn't been the case up to now, but I think it definitely is, is high time that that's happened. And to your point about messaging, uh, I really have been advocating for several years about a very different way to approach this. I think that the way that we do it uh, leaves a lot to be desired, and I think uh, it's a fundamental change that I think will impact um, improved outcomes further down the, um, the, the care continuum as well. You're in the public sector, but you're con you're in the public sector, Mark, but you're also working with this organization and many other groups to try to stem the tide. Is that the future for public health, working with the private sector together, hand in hand, and trying to deal with this? Because it's, it's, it's a massive undertaking. Yeah, I, I think the short answer is yes. I think with, with private sector support, there's a lot more control in terms of of funds and other resources that could come in to help this situation when you compare that to what we may or may not get or continue to get from, from federal sources. Uh, and I think that um, people that are bringing funds and other resources in from the private sector ha have a, um, some sweat in the game. They have some skin in the game. And I think they have a, um, much more passion around really getting their, getting their fingernails dirty, as it were. Uh, and trying to make a difference. So what advice would you have for the fine folks at Mass Prostate Cancer Coalition, let's say, to expand their role? Well, um, two things to start, and the first one is this. They've literally owned um, the, the quintessential uh, educational symposia in the state of Massachusetts for over two decades now, uh, and I really hope that they continue to do that. A lot of people from the street to the clinical C-suite, as it were, uh, resonate very strongly to that event. It's well attended. People learn a lot from that event. And I think it's really one of the only ones where you can go to one place at one time and pretty much get everything you need in terms of information. The other thing is, uh, you know, of course, given their nonprofit, I'm saying that in the most appropriate ways, uh, I would love to see them continue to support efforts to not only um, um, support policy and legislative changes, but to, again, do that in a way that makes the efforts popular and visible to people so that they know that these things are happening and to the extent that they can continue to support those efforts so that we can start to make a difference. Finally, I had a conversation with the head of the American Cancer Society, Dr. Knudsen, recently. We were talking about maybe it's time to start thinking outside the box, if you know what I mean. And she was talking about uh, roving vans for screening that have been effective in Philadelphia. Are these kinds of ideas bounced around in your office and among the people in public health? I mean, looking at not just the testing itself, but how we get the testing to the people, make it easier for them to take advantage of it. Well, uh, you did mention earlier that you spoke with Dr. Carter, and I don't know if you asked him the same question. If you did, I imagine he will have said something similar to what I'm about to say okay. to you. Uh, Dr. Carter and I ran a mobile prostate cancer education and screening program for the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute for about 12 years, beginning back in 2004. So the idea is not novel to Boston and was exceedingly effective. Remember, those were the days before we had universal uh, health care uh, right. in, the, sta in right. the in the state. So that was one of the best ways for people that weren't already in the medical system to get that kind of service. Because again, we came we came to them 
we, uh, we wrote some of the initial um, um, papers on shared decision making, so we had education built into the program. Um, people at that point didn't have as much access as they have now to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. By virtue of getting screened on the van, they actually were assigned a Dana-Farber medical record number, and, and they were actually patients of the Institute for having gotten screened at the van. That, that approach really opened up a lot of doors. A lot of people still ask me to this day, and we, um, we backed off of that program around the year 2012. Um, people still ask me for the van. I'm sure they still ask Dr. Carter for the van as Maybe well. Maybe it's time to think about bringing it back. I wish somebody would. I would love for the city to do that because uh, I certainly, as I mentioned, I have the expertise to, to institute a program like that and do it well. Well, if we can lobby the, uh, the government to get it together and have an organization like MPCC lead the charge, we want you at, at the helm of that van. I, I'd fight for that opportunity, absolutely. Our appreciation to Dr. Jacques Carter from the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center and Mark Kennedy with the Boston Public Health Commission. Our thanks to Blue Earth Diagnostics for making this special series on the impact of prostate cancer on men of color possible. To learn more about the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition and to hear the Prostate Cancer in You podcast, visit masspcc.org. This podcast available on all podcast platforms, including Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google, Spotify, and more. This is Jordan Rich. Have a great day.